Well, good morning and welcome to another episode of the Unshakable Podcast. My name is Sam and I am your podcast host. You are my brothers and sisters in Christ and together we are the Unshakable Nation. The Unshakable Podcast is an extension of Unshakable Ministries where our goal is to educate, equip, encourage, and empower Christ followers to live the life that Christ expects us to live. Ways that you can find us on social media. If you will go over to Facebook and search Unshakable Podcast, you will find us there. On Instagram, our username is unshakable underscore podcast. And on Twitter, our username is unshakable underscore one. That is the numerical value one. Ways that you can become a part of the Unshakable Nation. If you will check the links right there in your show notes in the podcast app that you're listening on, you will find links to ways that you can become a part of the Unshakable Nation. We want to continue to thank those who give in support of the show. Those donations are going to help us continue to grow this podcast, to be able to reach more people with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we are so thankful that you continue to give in support of the show. If you want to know how you can give to support the show, right there, again, in the show notes, you will see a link to ways that you can support the show. And we would encourage you to just prayerfully consider that. You do not have to give. We do not expect that. We just want you to do whatever God is laying on your heart. We also want to ask that you continue to share the news. If, if you like what you hear on the Unshakable podcast, we ask that you just share it with your with your friends, with those with who are within your circle. We would greatly appreciate that. That is another way that you can help support the show is just continue to help us grow the audience. The most important way, and we say this during every episode, and we want to continue to say it, is we covet your prayers greatly. We ask that you just continue to lift us up that we would be sensitive to the guidance of the Holy Spirit, joining God where he is already at work, impacting the world one life at a time with the gospel of Jesus Christ through sharing the gospel and through discipleship. That is our desire here is to continue to make disciples, disciples of Jesus Christ. That is what we want to do here. For feedback, questions, comments, topics, anything you want to throw at me, I ask that you send that over to Sam at unshakableministries.com. That comes directly to me. I read every email that comes in. So I encourage you just to reach out and just share whatever, whatever's on your heart. And maybe it's not something you want to bring up here on the episode, but you have questions, more than happy to have open discussions. Uh, Again, this is not a combative discussion. I know that many times Christians uh, try to have discussions with other Christians and they become combative, but I will simply share my heart and uh, the reason I believe the way that I believe, and I will always take us back to Scripture so that we can understand the context of what I believe, and hopefully we can come to an agreement, or hey, you know what? Like I said, it's not combative. We can walk away, love each other, and agree to disagree on some things, and I'm completely okay with that. I do that consistently with Christian brothers and sisters. Um, but anyway, as we continue to go through this series, False Hope, you know, one thing that I want us to really use this series for is to get back into an authentic relationship with Christ. Not only an authentic relationship with Christ, because when we enter into an authentic relationship with, with Christ, we also enter in authentic relationships with other people. And that is what I really want to encourage us to do. 
if we have time, this is going to be sort of a two-part episode. Uh, and what I mean by two-part is it's a two-fold episode. We're going to try to cover a couple of different topics here. If we have time, if not, then we're just going to cover this first one. So what we're going to get into this morning, and it's just some words that I've been studying in, in reference to our response to Christ and, and how we follow Him. And as we dig into that, there, there are a few different words that I want to dive into. So um, there, there's really just some special words. I call them special just because they're special to me, as, and they reveal some truth behind some things, um, and I want to look at their definitions. And then I want to take these words and apply them to the faith so that we can be better equipped to see through the false teachings we see in the church. And again, that's what we've been discussing. We've been discussing false hope and how the church propagates false hope. Some people unknowingly. But anyway, in this episode, I also, if again, if we have time, I want to dig into one of the most important traditions in the Christian faith, why it is so significant and how we have totally messed it up. But I don't want to jump into that yet. I, like I said, that's an if we have time. But right now, let's jump into these words. So the first word that I want to look at is impersonate. And impersonate means to pretend to be another person for entertainment or in order to deceive. Now, I always think, this is just me, This I always think of SNL, Saturday Night Live, when I think of this word. It was back in the day when I was younger, when I actually watched the show, I don't watch it any longer, but when I actually watched the show, one of my favorite skits was Dana Carvey when he was impersonating George Bush, who was the president at the time. If you've never seen this, you really miss some great entertainment as he pretended to be uh, George Bush. And while it was fun as entertainment, that's all it was. But I, when I think of the word impersonate, that's that's what I think about is Dana Carvey pretending to be President George Bush at the time. And the next word I want to look at is imposter. An imposter means someone who pretends to be someone else in order to deceive others, especially for fraudulent gain. And when I think of this word, one person pops into my mind, and that's Frank Abagnale. I'm not sure if you're not familiar with him, if you don't know who he is, then I encourage you to pick up a copy of Catch Me If You Can. And this uh, book was actually also made into a movie which had Leo DiCaprio and Tom Hanks in it. I'm sure some of you probably remember that movie. So what's more it, it, about Frank is Frank had assumed identities as a lawyer, doctor, and airline pilot before the age of 22. And as history records it, even after he got caught and went to prison, he was able to convince the guards to um, that he was some sort of spy within the prison system and uh, used it as an, a, an escape route, uh, which is very interesting that he was capable of doing this. Now, the third word I want to look at is imitate. And imitate means to take or follow as a model. Though impersonate and imitate are commonly confused to mean the same thing, there are major differences. Imitate is literally the advanced behavior where an individual replicates another's behavior, making it more of an internal characteristic. The stark difference in impersonation is that to impersonate is to have an outward appearance or likeness of someone else's mannerisms. It's more of an external appearance in actually pretending to be someone that you are not. So did you hear that difference? To imitate 
right? It, it's the advanced behavior that is more of internal characteristics. It's to look at someone and use them as a model for our own lives. It is not assuming their identity. It is more so being us, but seeing things within them that we can model in our lives, that we can imitate in our lives. So that's the stark difference. You've got internal characteristics, which is imitate, and then external appearance, which is impersonate, though sometimes they are confused. And there are certain things that can be sort of the same, but understand the root undertones of the words, internal and external. All right, the last word I want to look at is emulate. And emulate means match or surpass a person or achievement, typically by imitation. When we look at the words imitate and emulate, we can see the bond between them. I can learn from someone and use their wisdom in application to my own life without pretending to be that person. They have qualities that I can imitate, not to be confused with impersonate, that would help me. So when we look at these words together, I think of the old saying, fake it till you make it. While there are many people who live by this philosophy, I prefer to actually learn and apply principles to my own life in order to be authentic. I want what I do, what I exude to be authentic to who, my, who I am inside my character. I don't want to be someone else or pretend to be something I'm not. I want to be exactly who God made me to be while imitating or emulating the characteristics of Christ. I want to internalize the characteristics of Christ. I don't want to pretend to be a Christ follower. I don't want to pretend to be a Christian, which brings me to the point that I want to bring up this tradition this morning in the church, but I'm not going to jump into that yet. But I want to internalize the example that Christ left us and use it in my life. I don't want to impersonate Christ. I don't want to pretend to be Christ. I don't want to pretend to be as good as Christ. I want to be authentic in who I am, which is a sinner saved by grace. And I want to be able to emulate or imitate the characteristics that Christ gave us. So therefore, I am imitating or emulating Christ, but I am still Sam. And that's what I desire to be. As I've stated through this entire series, False Hope, the institution of church has educated many great impersonators by way of imposters being in the pulpit. Now, did you hear that? The first two words that I discussed, impersonate and imposters. And we see this today in the institution of church. Now, this isn't applicable across the board for all pastors and teachers, so to speak. But as we have discussed, there have been many false teachers, imposters, who have caused many to stumble in the church. And I might add, there are many who are unknowingly participating in these meaningless traditions and false teachings simply because this is the way they were taught is the correct way. But remember, each of us are responsible to God for what we teach. James 3.1 says, Not many of you should become teachers, my brothers, for you know that we who teach will be judged with greater strictness. They have presented false teachings and laid foundations of false hope. The goal here isn't so much to call these people out as much as it is to prepare us to see the imposters and be equipped to know the truth. 
In order to be better equipped, we must always turn to Jesus. You've heard me say this a thousand times. We must always turn to Jesus as our primary example in life. If it doesn't line up with the teachings and life of Christ, it isn't true. That simple, period. Now, I think we're going to have time this morning, so we're going to dig into this. But I think the main key that I want us to understand about these words and who we are to be in Christ is referring to authenticity in Christ. It's authenticity in every area of our life, in worship, in study, in relationships, in sharing the gospel, in discipling. There has to be authenticity. But what we see more often than not is people have become impersonators in the institution of church. And what I mean by that, and I think I've discussed this a few episodes prior, is that you've all heard the word churchy. There are churchy people. And, and I think what happens within the institution of church is people learn to be churchy rather than be the church. So impersonators are churchy. Imitators are the church because we're imitating Christ. We're using his example. And that's where I want us to be careful as we go in and be prepared not to be churchy. You know, we don't, we, it's, it's that stained glass masquerade. We, we feel like we have to put on this mask when we are walking into the church or when we're going to our small group, wherever that may be located. We feel like we have to put on this mask and we have to be this righteous and holy person and we can't be authentic. We can't show weakness. We can't show that we're actually human. And this is where the church is, is to blame. The institution of church is to blame is because that's actually what we're teaching. We're propagating this, that people should put on this mask, that everything's wonderful, everything's great in my life. No, nothing's wrong. No, I don't, I don't, no, I'm never tempted to do something like that. Well, what you do is you actually, you begin to look self-righteous. So for those of us that are actually authentic, what we begin to do is we begin to guard our hearts with our authenticity because we understand that we can't come to people who have it, quote unquote, all together and share our stories and what we're going through because you're perfect in the faith and you refuse to be vulnerable with anyone and you want to pretend every single Sunday when someone walks in and says, hey, how are you? It's like, oh, we are great. We're blessed. The Lord has just had favor on us and all this, that, and the other. Well, the truth of it is, is if we were to get real with each other, chances are you had a bad day this week, maybe two bad days this week. Maybe there's something in your life that you're struggling with and you're just afraid to be vulnerable with people. So the church has propagated this attitude, this impersonation. And that is where I want us to be very careful that if you're listening to this podcast, I want you to understand that you can be vulnerable with me. I want you to understand that you need to find people in your life that you can be vulnerable with, that you can build relationships with. Don't close yourself off. Find authentic Christ followers. Be willing to open up and share with them. This, this is how we continue to grow 
If you are left alone in your struggles with no one to talk to, I promise you depression is going to creep in. And I would also guarantee that you are going to at some point experience burnout and walk away from the church. And the reason I say that is because we get so wrapped up more in traditions rather than authenticity. You're, you're living a life of religion versus a life of relationship. And we've got to break down those barriers and understand that Christ has called us to live a life of relationship, not a life of religion. Religion being impersonating something that you're not. You're not perfect. I'm not perfect. I'm not going to pretend to be perfect. And if you expect me to act churchy in order to be a part of an institutional church, then I'm probably the wrong fit for you because I'm going to be open. I'm going to be real. I'm going to be honest. I'm not going to be someone that I'm not. I'm not going to be someone I wasn't created to be. I was created for authenticity in Christ Jesus, and that's who I'm going to be. So let us be careful. Now, digging into this next part of this episode, I want to look at this longstanding tradition in the church. The Lord's Supper, or communion, or the Eucharist, as you may understand it or know it. Now, this is a tradition, understand when I bring this up, this is a tradition I firmly believe belongs in the body of Christ. But how we have come to do it in the institution of church actually turns my stomach. Again, I'm not saying that it's done wrongly across the board. I'm saying the approach we take is not how it was intended. So how should we look at this? Of course, as always, I want us to go to Scripture and see what Paul has to say first and then take it back to Jesus to make sure the applicability is in context. Again, we're talking about authenticity in all things in our life, in all areas of our life. And if we can't even be authentic in our worship, authentic in our relationship with Christ, how do we ever expect to be authentic with each other? How do we expect to ever stop being impersonators or imposters in the faith if we can't even be authentic with the founder, the chief cornerstone of our faith? So I want to start over in 1 Corinthians, and I want to read here what Paul says about the Lord's Supper. It's 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 23. It says, For I have received from the Lord what I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, also he took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Whoever therefore eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty concerning the body and blood of the Lord. Let a person examine himself then and so eat of the bread and drink of the cup for anyone who eats and drinks without discerning the body eats and drinks judgment on himself. All right, so just to break these down just a little bit, we see here Paul first lays out the method in which the, the Lord's Supper should be done, right, and, and what, we're, what we're doing. Here's the crazy thing about the Lord's Supper is 
it, it has become this tradition in the church that has, has it's been done like every first Sunday of the month, every last Sunday of the month, every fifth Sunday of the year. And, and these are things that I'm really talking about steering away from. We've made it this tradition, this thing that happens on this expected occasion. This is when we're doing the Lord's Supper. We have planned it out. We have organized it on the calendar and said, this is when we're going to do it. And, and the thing I have to ask, is this really authentic? Is this really authentic worship? Because to me, it sounds like it's something where we feel like we need to plan this. Now, many would say, well, yeah, we have to prep the crackers and the juice and all this, that, and the other. So we need to make sure that we're planned for that. We need to make sure that the deacons are dressed in their, their three-piece suits so that they can present the Lord's Supper, blah, 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 blah. Really? When is the last time it was spirit-led? When is the last time a pastor walked in on Sunday morning and said, hey guys, hate to surprise you with this, but we are actually going to be preparing the Lord's Supper today? feel like the Holy Spirit has laid it on my heart that we're going to do that in this morning's worship service. When's the last time that happened? When's the last time the deacons didn't walk into the Lord's Supper with, without their suits on? Again, I, I begin to look at that word impersonate again. Why are the deacons, why do they have to wear suits? Why does the church, institution of church, expect them to wear suits and dress like that in order to present the Lord's Supper? Where's the authenticity in that? Because the way I see it is, is the same deacons that are serving me the Lord's Supper today, though they're dressed in their three-piece suits today, the very next week they're wearing jeans and a polo shirt or a t-shirt. Where's the authenticity? Why does the institution of church place these expectations on people? Well, I mean, it's the Lord's Supper. They should look their best. Yeah, I don't think so, because when you look at the Lord's Supper in Scripture and the way it was done with Jesus... We understand that there was a whole lot more to the Lord's Supper, the Last Supper. We understand that at the end of the dinner, we understand that Jesus gets up and takes his robe off, wraps a towel around him, gets down on his knees and starts washing feet of the disciples. Now you want to talk about authenticity. Instead of the, the whoever serving the Lord's Supper being dressed to the nines, looking better than everyone else in the church. Why don't we take a little model from the, the master who became a servant? Why don't we look at the, at the example of Jesus Christ that he gave us, that he humbles himself to serve? That's what we're called to be as humble servants. So I guess my question is, is when is the last time it was spirit-led? Because when it's spirit-led, that's where we see the authenticity. But here's the crazy thing I want to look at with Paul, what he says. Who, whoever therefore eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty concerning the body and blood of the Lord. Let a person examine himself then, then and so eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For anyone who eats and drinks without discerning the body eats and drinks judgment on himself. We're going to look at the unworthy manner here in just a moment because that's we're actually going to understand that when we go back and look at the actual account in the Gospels. But Look at what he says right here. A person, let a person examine himself then and so eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For anyone who eats and drinks without discerning the body. All right, so Paul is telling us, you better be sure that when you are partaking in the Lord's Supper, you better understand the gravity of what you're doing. You better understand the importance of what you're doing. This is not just a cracker and some juice that we're drinking. 
This is not just some religious tradition that we're partaking in. We are partaking in authenticity with Jesus Christ. We are doing this in remembrance of Jesus Christ and what He did. We are eating the bread of His flesh and drinking the blood of the new covenant. Here, we are understanding the sacrifice that Christ went through. So Paul says, be sure you examine yourselves. Don't go into this lighthearted. When we think of the Lord's Supper, it should break our hearts to know that our Master, our Savior, our Redeemer was willing to pay the price for us through His own flesh and blood. He was willing to take on our sin, our shame, our guilt, and nail it to the cross. And when we sit and we consider this in authenticity, when we examine ourselves, there might be a chance that we say, you know what, today I will not partake. But we're so worried about what the people on the one, the right side of us and the people on the left side of us and the people behind us and the people in front of us are going to think if, think if we don't partake in the Lord's Supper. So what do we do? We take a cup, we take a cracker, we eat and we drink and we never really see the gravity of what this tradition represents. As I said, a tradition that I firmly believe Christ instituted within the church. But the way that it's done is not authentic. And then Paul says here, for anyone who eats and drinks without discerning. Now understand, that we're going to look at the two words here, discerning and judgment. Now the word discerning actually means uh, for anyone who eats and drinks without judging the body, eats and drinks judgment. Now the word judgment means condemnation on himself. So what Paul is telling us, we have to rightfully judge ourselves, rightfully judge our hearts. And when we rightfully do that, as I said, there might be a chance that you sit back and say, not going to partake today. I'm going to be authentic. I'm going to make this about what it should be, which is worshiping Jesus Christ. You don't have to eat. What does Jesus say? Do this in remembrance of me as often as you do it. Do this in remembrance of me as often as you do it. Now, one thing I would caution us against is just simply falling into this trap of religious tradition with the Lord's Supper. If you want to partake, please, by all means, but do it rightfully. Do it with an authentic heart. Do it with rightful judgment on yourself. That's what I encourage you. And we talked about the unworthy manner and what the unworthy manner looks like. So I'm going to read from John chapter 13, starting in verse 26. It says, Jesus answered, It is he to whom I will give this morsel of bread when I have dipped it. So when he had dipped the morsel, he gave it to Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot. Then after he had taken the morsel, Satan entered into him. Jesus said to him, What you are going to do, do quickly. Now what we know about Judas is Judas was an unbeliever. It is not right for an unbeliever to partake in the Lord's Supper because an unbeliever doesn't understand the gravity of what Christ has done. 
because they haven't experienced, they haven't tasted the salvation, the redemption, the reconciliation that Christ has offered us through his death, burial, and resurrection. They, they don't understand this. So it is unworthy for them to partake in something they are not a part of. But ultimately, I want to look over here in Luke chapter 22. And this is the Passover with the disciples, the Last Supper. It says, And he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he said, Take this and divide it among yourselves. For I tell you that from now on I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. And he took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to them, saying, This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And likewise, the cup, after they had eaten, saying, This cup that is poured out for you is the new covenant in my blood. Do you see what Christ is saying? But behold, the hand of him who betrays me is with me on the table, for the Son of Man goes as it has been determined. But woe to the man by whom he is betrayed. Do you see what Christ is telling us here? That when it comes to this, we are to consider his body, which was broken for us. When we go to the Lord's Supper in authenticity, we are first looking at Christ in His body, in the way His body was broken for us, for our sin, for our shame, for our guilt, for our rebellion against God, His flesh was broken. And then He says about the blood, He says, this is my body which is given. And then He says, this cup that is poured out for you is the new covenant in my blood. His blood is the stamp on the new covenant. His blood is what it, the signature on the new covenant is in the blood of Jesus Christ who gave himself up for us. Now we could sit and you, you might want to debate, you know, that, that well, Jesus was murdered, Jesus was crucified. No, my Bible tells me that Jesus laid down his life for us. No one took it from him, but he willingly laid his life down. When we are doing the Lord's Supper, this is a consideration we must make. It doesn't say that you always have to partake in the Lord's Supper. What it says is when you do, you do it in remembrance of my body which was broken and my blood which was poured out, and to rightfully judge yourself Examine yourself before you do it. It is an authentic act of worship to not partake in the Lord's Supper just as much as it is to partake in the Lord's Supper. This is not some religious tradition that we just add to a, a long list of religious tradition within the institution of church. No, this is something that has to do with my personal relationship with Christ. As, as Paul says, that let each person Examine himself. Let him rightfully judge himself. Which means, this is between me and Christ. Now, if I'm in a church building and they are passing this stuff around and I decide not to partake, by all means, judge me. But I can promise you this. I want to go before my Lord 
my Savior, whose body was broken for me and whose blood was poured out for the new covenant in authenticity. I don't want to be an impersonator. I don't want to be an imposter. I want to be an imitator, an emulator of the one who gave me an example, my King, my Lord, Jesus Christ. Father God, this morning we praise you for who you are. We thank you for the way that you have loved us and pray that you just continue to work in our hearts, in our lives, leading us to a spirit of truth. That you would lead us to a place of worship in spirit and in truth. Let us not miss that authenticity is a requirement when it comes to being a part of the body of Christ. Let us take off the mask and no longer be who we once were but let us be vulnerable with one another. Let us be authentic with one another. Let us be willing to share our weaknesses and our shortcomings that we may be strengthened together. Jesus, thank you for allowing your body to be broken for our sin, our guilt. Thank you for pouring out your blood and signing the new covenant, giving us reconciliation giving us redemption, giving us salvation and hope of a glorious future in eternity. Holy Spirit, guide us, direct us, open our hearts and our eyes to see. Help us to see areas where we can be better. Help us to examine ourselves, to rightfully judge ourselves that we do not eat and drink condemnation onto ourselves. Spirit, work within us. Help root us in Christ and Christ alone to see that it is He who is utmost. Nothing matters apart from Christ because apart from Christ, as He tells us in John 15, we are nothing. Make us un. Shakable. We will give you the glory, you the honor, and you the praise in Christ's name. Hey guys, I love you. I hope you have a fantastic weekend. And until next time, remain unshakable. <laughs>